0: In 1973, the American Psychiatric Association issued a resolution declaring that homosexuality was no longer considered a mental health disorder, ending a period in psychiatry's history of further stigmatizing a vulnerable population. But as recent political events in the U.S. demonstrate, the struggle for the LGBTQ community continues. We'll have that story and more on today's episode of First Thoughts, connecting you with news and views from around the world of mental health. Here in New York for the Lancet Psychiatry, I'm Dustin Graham. Stay with us. Efforts to change an individual's sexual orientation, often known as conversion therapy, can have devastating consequences and has long been discredited by professionals in the psychiatric and psychological communities. But the practice persists in many parts of the United States, with only a small handful of states having legislative bans on conversion therapy. Utah, one of the U.S.'s most conservative states, joined this list last month. On the line with us today to discuss the implications of this new ban, we have Dr. Jack Drescher, psychiatrist and psychoanalyst and clinical professor of psychiatry at Columbia University. Thanks very much for joining us, Jack.
1: Thanks for having me, Dustin.
0: Before we dive into the ban in Utah on conversion therapy, could you give us a a little bit of background about what conversion therapy actually is?
1: Conversion therapy is a uh broad term that covers a lot of different attempts on the part of some individuals to try and change another person's um, sexual orientation. It usually applies to sexual orientation, although increasingly some people are talking about it when it comes to trying to change a person's gender identity as well. But most of the practices uh, historically have been about trying to change people's sexual orientation. conversion therapy, reparative therapy, sexual orientation, conversion efforts. These are some of the names that
0: come up. And can you give us a little bit of history about legal bans in the United States on conversion therapy and, and when really the harms of conversion therapy first uh, started coming to light?
1: Well, I can start by saying that I actually became interested in this subject out of, in my practice. I practice in New York City I had a lot of gay men come into my practice who had been through various kinds of conversion therapies over the years, some of them by licensed mental health professionals, some of them by support groups that tried to change people's sexual orientation. And I was practicing at a time where I believe the general uh, feeling within the profession is that there was no harm in trying. So uh, that's not what I was seeing in my practice. When people talked about those experiences, they talked about them as painful memories. Uh, so the first uh, law banning of conversion therapy for minors took place in California in 2012. That was the first ban. And I think the California law served as a model for almost all the other state laws that, that followed. with New Jersey being the second law state to pass a conversion therapy ban for minors. And now I think there are 19 or 20 states in Washington, D.C., Ban conversion therapies, and yes, recently we saw Utah, uh, which is a more conservative, uh, politically conservative state, uh, issue a ban as well.
0: One complaint of these legislative bans is that they leave a lot of loopholes. how How effective is the ban in Utah uh, on uh, preventing the practice of conversion therapy? The,
1: the bans are more symbolic than actually I think effective in banning conversion therapy because the bans basically are based on complaint systems, which means that ultimately a person, how would you find out if someone tried to change a minor's uh, sexual orientation or gender identity in the privacy of an office, somebody would have to complain about what happened to them. The, the problem with the law in terms of their, also about their effectiveness, is that uh, the majority of clients are not minors who undergo, who try and go for conversion therapies, and the majority of practitioners of conversion therapies are not licensed professionals. The people who actually do these practices actually haven't learned to do this in a formal setting other than these groups that have set themselves up as experts, again in quotation marks, so-called experts on uh, trying to change sexual orientation which, you know, are based on, you know, the literature, there is no effective way to change person's sexual orientation.
0: One reason this new ban made such news is because of the state it took place in. Utah is uh, one of the US's most conservative states. Do you see this as a turning point? Do you think that other conservative states in the US will follow Utah's lead? I think that's a, again
1: that's a very good question I, first of all let's say that you know psychiatrists are notoriously bad at predicting the future so I'm, I don't know what to predict um, and also I'm not a sociologist but I would imagine that the um, the Utah band could give cover to Conservative legislators in other conservative states to to say, well, you know, they did, why did they do it in Utah? Maybe some of them might actually educate themselves on the subject and and see what the reasoning was by fellow conservatives, and they may go along with that. So that's a possibility, but I, I guess it would involve legislators actually informing themselves about the subject, which I gather doesn't always happen. I've spoken to a number of legislators over the years myself, but some do and some don't. Uh, Or, you know, there are reflex responses and some people will never change their mind.
0: All right. Well, thanks very much for talking with us, Jack. Great. All
1: right. Take care.
0: And in other news, the Royal College of Psychiatrists released a report on social media and risks for youth mental health, proposing that social media companies be required to provide data to researchers to better understand potential harm. And finally, the United States Olympic Committee is under fresh scrutiny for ignoring and mishandling severe mental health concerns of athletes. William Moreau, the previous vice president of sports medicine for the Olympic Committee, has filed a whistleblower lawsuit claiming he was fired in retaliation for speaking up and pressing too hard to protect the mental health of athletes. The committee has denied the allegations. That's it for this episode of First Thoughts. Join us again soon to hear the latest news and mental health. From the entire team at The Lancet Psychiatry, thanks for listening.